Welcome to At The Root. I am Stacy Heller. I am here with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. Hi there. He is the brains behind this operation. And if you have a question, feel free to call 425-373-5527. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who, through his professional practice and personal experiences, has learned that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. It is. It is. It is like having a mantra helping with this show every week. It reminds me of these things. So thank right. you. It is. So takeaways from last week. Last week, we pivoted away from the kids. We talked about the grown-ups, and we talked about how sometimes your childhood baggage can implode in relationships in the form of uh, demand withdraw patterns, which, of course, leads to emotional disconnect, and that can show up through conflict that you have, uh, communication. Right. And... Um, and that the idea that the inability to come together and communicate, it can feel like a marital impasse. So we could go on and we will. However, let's go back to the honeymoon stage. I think that's a good place to go. I mean, if everyone go back way back when, right? Or when, however far back it was. And think about what it was about your partner that excited you or made you curious or or emotionally drew you to that person. Just think about it. Um, generally, at those times, we are, um, well, there may be some sexual draw to it, but sure. mostly what we're doing as we're treading lightly and experimenting with this connection piece is looking for an attachment with someone, right? And what is it that we do? We get a little, there, there's tension, there's anxiety, right? A little mm-hmm. bit, maybe we're vulnerable. Right. We're like, taking a risk here. Like when Who do I tell him person? that I don't only eat salad? Right. <laughs> 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 when do I tell him I'm a vegetarian? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> or whatever. But 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 we're taking a risk, right? As we gently move into this this exploration of this other person. And what we find, I think, is is as we do that, when the other person offers some emotional support or some emotional reaction, responsiveness, let's call it that, an emotional response. That gives us a little more confidence. Mm-hmm. It helps, helps, makes us more comfortable with the vulnerability that we're feeling or the anxiety and the mm-hmm. tension. And so what's happening is that a bond is forming, right? This harmony, this bond is starting to form. And those bonds, those connections, emotional connection, if you wish to call it that, and we will, is is a result of emotional responsiveness and emotional support. Mm-hmm. And the more that grows in this early point in the relationship, the more confident we feel, the more secure we feel, and we are offering support 
and we are responding with our emotional support, responsiveness. Right. I mean, the translation of that is you finally feel comfortable drawing back the curtain Mm -hmm. like the Wizard of Oz. There you go. And you are willing to be vulnerable enough to show that everyone has a level of crazy and you're inviting this significant other into your, and I'm not using it in a technical sense, but, you know, the your family or your quirks or whatever it is, you uh-huh. know, that vulnerability, and they don't run for the hills. That's right. And Or not, maybe they do. Well, <laughs> and, but hopefully you don't end up with that person then. That's, That's the right. whole point. And so not only do you feel safe to do that with this person, but in theory you reciprocate and allow for them to do the same. Right. right. So that's that's what you're talking about. Right. And the big one of the big parts of this is you're able to share your needs with this other person. Right. So the vulnerability. You, you're, you're comfortable at that point sharing what you need in a relationship. You can open up and and share that need and feel confident that that need is the response is going to be positive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sharing. It's going to be supportive mm-hmm. when you share that need. So that is the key to these, to the emotional connection in these relationships is being able to share your needs and have it supported by the other person. And at the beginning of a relationship, right, we, that's, that's when this is so, so, um, exciting if you will right Right. it reminds me there is uh there's a book by robert fulgham called i think it was on fire when i laid down on it and Mm -hmm. it came out around the time that pete and i got married and i was managing a bookstore at the time and i was reading everything and it was a series of essentially essays that robert fulgham shared and he talked about in one of the essays this idea that a marriage, when you get to that place, he mm-hmm. was doing some like pre-wedding counseling, um, that the the ceremony is really for everyone else, that over the course of your relationship, that's actually when the exchange of vows happens. And meaning symbolically that mm-hmm. you see a movie and something tragic happens and you have a conversation of like, what would you do? And you're feeling out what this, how this person responds to something like that. Or, you know, you go through a job change and how you do this and you are working out some of these things. That's what this reminds me of. And it's this it's such a dialogue at the beginning of the relationship. It is because we're learning about each other. Right. And and the more we learn, the more we want to share our needs. And we watch those. Excuse me. We watch or feel those needs be supported Mm -hmm. by the other person. And. And, you know, this goes on for however long some, the, the couple is dating, right? Uh, they, one to two years after they start dating, you know, they kind of call it the formal bonding stage, if mm-hmm. you know, right? You, you shift to an explicit dependency and a commitment in there, right? Because you're now comfortable um, sharing your needs and, and feeling confident that you're going to have support with that. Um, 41% of um, couples now 
co-inhabit prior to marriage. Um, and My mother would be shocked, by the way. I know. <laughs> Mine, too. <laughs> the 81-year-old yeah. Catholic. <laughs> yeah. But that's here nor there. <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I married, first time I married at 19 because we couldn't co-inhabit. I mean, it just wasn't accepted. Right. And that didn't work out. Um, 41% co-inhabit prior to marriage. But do you know that couples that have lived together are more likely to be dissatisfied with marriage and then divorce? Interesting. Wow. I know. These are just studies. My mother that, would be like, see? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, That's... you know, in, in our country, emotional support and friendship have replaced um, the, the rearing of a family as the central motive in getting married, right? I mean, right. wasn't that long ago that. Having kids and... Right, go forth and know, multiply. <laughs> yeah, right. The progeny and, you know, all of that. And now it's it's emotional support and friendship. So what happens to that emotional support and friendship, I don't know, 10 or 15, 20 years later, maybe even five years later down the road, where did it go that there is so much tension and conflict in the relationship that it is so hard to find that emotional connection. Where did, where did it go? I don't know. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, thanks for reminding me. Um, where did it go, Greg? <laughs> It'll be 29 years in June. <laughs> oh, Pete. Sorry, bud. Um, <laughs> well, the, the number one problem... In newlyweds is, uh, what do you think it is? What do you think the number one problem for newlyweds, according to studies? Uh, I th- I think it would be like financial stuff. Yeah, balancing job and family. So that balance is okay. number one. Now, what's number two, do you think? What do you think it is? Sex. Frequency of sex. There you go. <laughs> So there are the two problems, uh, those problems with newlyweds. Um, and then when it comes time to have children, right, if, if that's in the picture, mm-hmm. that's when this emotional connection and this bond can really take a hit, right? I mean, you've, you've got this bond going from the dating phase and you've gotten married and it, the bond is growing and... You know, the sexual bond is there. The emotional bond, hopefully, is still there. And, and you're learning about each other. And then when kids happen, sometimes uh, that's when things can really take a hit, right? Um, I have so much to say. <laughs> I'm oh, like, no. No, no, no. I just, you know, and I, I think about, you know, uh, it's interesting, like, the role that if you have kids, you know, you're suddenly, you go into this mom role, Mm-hmm. And you know, taking care of somebody else's needs, and and then you no longer necessarily feel uh, that that sexual, um, you know, part of who you are. It's like you're a mother now, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's somebody else sharing your body for sustenance, (laughs) (laughs) not just for, dare I say, play, as J.D. was talking in his show earlier. (laughs) So, I mean, that that changes. I mean, that I never really thought about what a hit that takes. Well, and so remember this emotional responsiveness and support that we get from a partner, from a person we're in a deep emotional connection with, comes from being able to share our needs and have them responded to. So you just talked about now there's this other being in the family that that has a lot of needs. Mm -hmm. So we tend to slip sometimes with being able to share the needs of the couple back and forth between each other. They become secondary. Sometimes they just disappear because there's so much going on. And so if we can't share our needs, then what can start to happen is the lack of that responsiveness Mm -hmm. with each other, right? And then there can be some confusion. I mean, you don't know what I need, right? I'm trying to tell you what I need. And... This just develops and goes on and on and on. Well, and I'll speak for myself and only myself. However, I'm going to guess that people may feel similarly. Once I started having kids, it's like I got this whole kind of martyr thing where it was like, no, I'm fine. I don't need to shower for four days. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Pete and I had a more traditional, you know, he went off to work and I stayed home with the kids. And it was like, no, no, it's okay. And you know, these, there was all of this subtext. And mm. for some reason, I I think that a lot of times you don't feel like you can express your needs. And I think, at least in Pete's case, he saw that I was at home dealing with the kids and almost felt like guilty about even having needs because he saw what mm-hmm. having all of like these kids and this life was, and it was like, well, I'm not going to burden her with this. But right there. Right. You're not sharing your needs. So where does the connection go, right? It starts eroding. And um, that erosion can keep happening and, and moving forward slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's quick. You know, the erosion of a, a relationship can happen quick, I suppose, with an affair or something like that. But right. let's just talk about... Uh, just this slow erosion of of not being able to express your needs, uh, deciding to not express your needs because I don't want to, you know, burden the other person mm-hmm. with my needs. Uh, but by not doing that, you're not allowing the other person to share their needs either with you. And so it comes down to this responsiveness and emotional support. And um, that is... The, the ability to share your needs in a vulnerable way, here's what they are. Help me, right? Help me, and, and the, the partner's able to listen to those needs, to support them, to respond to them. And uh, it, another statistic, in the three years following a baby being born, marital satisfaction dropped significantly in two-thirds of the couples that 
oh, that was studied. Got, 100%. Got, Gottman did that one, but yeah, I mean, John and Julie Gottman. But, um, I recall, so we had four kids within six and a half years. Wow. And Right, exactly. And I recall a time when, you know, I've got the baby on the floor while I'm showering and another one in napping and I'm taking a shower. And I went through this period where every day I was like, huh, so this is it (laughs) for better or for worse. Which one is this? (laughs) And I really, really struggled for a while because we did have such a disconnect because the day became, you know, monotonous and like take care of the baby, keep the baby on schedule and all these kinds of things. And there were a lot of needs to be met. A lot of needs to be and met. And yours kind of slipped to the side. Yes. And I, I. And so did his. Absolutely. And it was only in realizing that I needed to express what my needs were that I was able to get out of that funk. And I remember not only the day that I had that thought, but I remember then a good while later, the day that I didn't have that thought. And I suddenly was like, oh, I didn't have that thought. <laughs> and, you know, I, we're good. Okay, this is good. Right, right. Well, this, this is a slow erosion. I love that word of, of the emotional connection over time, right? It just eroded away by, by not being able to express your needs, not having your needs met, other com- competing factions, work problems, you know, having to move, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And these are the critical times that the couple needs to be there and support and respond to the needs of the other one. I like that word, too, because... It makes me think of what happens to glass what's in the, when it's in the ocean and how, like, the waves. And it doesn't have to be something that's, like, harsh. It is truly over time. And it's not some big thing. It's just constant. Right. It's a constant something. Right. And so this erosion goes on and on and on. And so let's say it's uh, 15, 20 years later. And uh, many times where it's, where it's really noticed is when there's a big change like the empty nest right so the the child is left home all the children are gone or all four of them i was gonna say i'm like are you doing this show for me greg (laughs) and and typically the mother i mean most often the mother has overindulged and over is so over involved in the needs of those children for all this time and now they're gone right and and the connection between the two parents, if they're still living together, hopefully, has eroded to a point of where they don't even know what the other's needs are, right? And and the the ability to communicate what those needs are is long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes into a it goes into this criticism and stonewalling type thing a lot of times mm-hmm. right you you're critical of your partner and and the critical 
part, I don't know how to say this. You're critical of your partner and the partner takes it as a rejection, right. a feeling of abandonment, right? And there is no such thing as constructive criticism. It's just, it's not there. I just had this conversation <laughs> earlier it, today. There's no such thing. Uh, feedback, okay, but constructive criticism, any kind of criticism in a relationship like this, a close uh, relationship, any kind of criticism is a an attack, basically, right. a hit on the other person. And that triggers this um, survival response, if you will, mm-hmm. that panic response that I'm being abandoned, I'm being rejected, and it's, it's unconscious. It's just there. And once that gets triggered, then that person many times will withdraw. And then, then you have the criticism coming from one side and the other partner is withdrawing because uh, he or she is feeling like the relationship is over, that, that this person that's criticizing me is rejecting me, is yeah. abandoning the, the relationship. This takes me back to, interestingly, the conversation that we had and we spent so much time on talking about autonomy mm-hmm. and we focused on the importance of kids having it. It reminds me of the importance of having autonomy. You know, you talked about kids leave the nest very often. The mom, especially, who has probably played a major role in the care and keeping of the kids. The kids leave the nest. Their identity was so as mom and there wasn't necessarily that autonomy, that person that was with their spouse all those years ago. And now, you know, the significant other is kind of like your mom. (laughs) And, you know, making sure that it just underscores the importance of having autonomy throughout your whole life. Yeah. I mean, I know that's an obvious statement. Maybe I'm just telling it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, but it makes sense, right? And if we, we go back to this criticism that, that, that one partner is giving to the other, that criticism is just that person unconsciously reaching out for emotional connection that is missing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, many times uh, this, this partner <clears throat> has a, an avoidant attachment um, in their lives, uh, and they don't even know how to ask for the connection or how to ask for the needs they have, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they don't even know what their needs are because they haven't connected emotionally with themselves. Right. And so this, this becomes a, a real feedback loop, right? This frayed bond leads to conflict. And then for... One partner or the other or both, um, it leads to depression. And this depression further weakens the bond, the frayed bond, which leads to more conflict, which leads to more depression, and this is just an endless loop. And many times people don't even know how it started or or where it came from. I was going to say, is there 
it seems like would there be a hint of it back in the way beginning? You know, like there's the and uh, my Angelou quote where um, she says, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing, like when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. So is there a hint of that at at the beginning? You know, did do we do we yes. erode emotionally <laughs> like, you know, or in our ability? Like, how do we how are we made aware of that? Or like, you know, was there a hint of it, I guess? Well, there could be, right? I mean, especially depending on our individual attachment styles mm-hmm. way back when or now, whatever they are. But, but you know, if uh, for the sake of, uh, of an example, a woman really becomes attached to or is drawn to um, this man that is so confident and does everything on his own and uh, even maybe a bad boy, you know what I mean, or whatever. And, and that is an avoidant attachment style from this man. And so that means the very definition of that is they don't feel their emotions much. They've been hiding them from them for years. Uh, they can take care of themselves. They don't need anybody else. And so if this woman is becoming drawn to this person, even at the very beginning, there can be a problem like you're talking about. Interesting. So there may be signs that if you go back and you look, then... You can. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can. Oh well, yeah, and you, most people don't are really familiar with their attachment styles. You know, right at the beginning of a marriage or whatever, they don't know if they're anxiously attached or avoidantly attached or securely attached. Right, and uh, they just feel this draw and this emotional um, feelings towards this other person, and. Being able to recognize what each other's needs are is a key um, key piece way back when, when this relationship is just gelling and starting to go. Mm-hmm. Can your partner express their needs and can you express your needs to them? Because that's 20 years later, that's the problem. Well, yeah. I mean, we're about out of time. We are we? about out of time. Holy right, cow. Dammit. Well, time. we're going to we're going to take off more on this. Yes, this we is. are. So if you have some questions about this, you can contact Greg through KuiperCounseling.com. He's also on Instagram. He's on Facebook. Feel free to reach out. We'll continue the conversation next week. In the meantime, everyone just stay aware out there. You heard See it you here. then.